So, let me tell you a story. <laughs> that was a really bad transition. <laughs> okay, let's look at it. Let's back up. Let's back up. So, hello, everybody listening, and welcome to the Lovely People Podcast. Yay! Well, I had like three different names, but I just chose this one because it seemed the less, I seemed the least sad and cringy, so I just chose the Lovely People Podcast. So, hello everybody, and that was a really long intro, but, so today we'll be talking about the Gifted Kid Program, and what goes along with being labeled a gifted kid in elementary school, middle school, and this doesn't specifically have to pertain to people who were put into the program, but I feel like people who were might be able to relate to this. So, when I was in second or third grade, um, I took a test, and I don't even really remember that test at all, but I, I don't know, it was probably just like a map test or something. And I took a test in, like, second or third grade, so I was probably, like, six, seven, or eight. And I took a test, and it put me into, from that test, I got put into, like, a gifted program. Or REACH, if you're in my district. And you know what I'm talking about. And so, anyway, I was put into that program, into those classes. And it was essentially, like, I still went to the other classes, but we, this group, me and this group got like pulled out specifically for the reach classes and so along with that i was constantly praised i was called like you know you're you're gifted you're talented you're special and all that and you know i'd be thinking wow andrea boohoo you were called smart when you were a kid how could that lead to any issues Well, if you've heard the term gifted kid burnout or gifted kid syndrome or anything along those lines, you might be able to understand what it led to. So what gifted kid burnout is, is essentially that you were told that you had so much potential as a kid and as you got older into high school, college, work, so on and so forth, you began to realize that you really maybe aren't that special. (laughs) That sounds so harsh. I don't mean that. Like, yeah, you know. But, like, you realize that you might actually just be average. (laughs) And, you know, of course, the exceptions are prodigies and actual geniuses. But you began to realize that... (laughs) You began to realize that maybe you aren't as special or different or completely unique as your parents or teachers might have told you so anyway that's what it could lead to as long as as well as well as a bunch of other issues that i'm going to list later on today but it's um, (laughs) and anyway so going into middle school and also elementary school people would just kind of label it as 
the smart people classes or yeah like like oh you're in read show yeah the, the smart i'm doing air quotes if you can't see me well you can't see me see me but like i'm doing air quotes right now like oh the smart people classes and stuff and so it it, it puts a label on kids and when you're six seven or eight being told that can so easily be internalized and carol dweck um wrote the book mindset mindsets and the new psychology of success and it shows that giving kids positive positive labels such as gifted talented or smart in their formative years pushes them into what she calls a fixed mindset believing that qualities are set in stone fearing challenge and devaluating effort with a fixed mindset people don't want to do anything that could expose their flaws and call into question their talent. So this completely sums up everything that I've kind of felt and gone through when I was elementary, when I was element it was I oh, when I was in elementary school and in middle school and I still f- struggle with it now. Um and as she mentioned, fixed mindset is just kind of thinking that you have an innate intelligence. You have an innate talent for anything academic or even not academic. And that you don't need effort in order to get there. And she contrasts this with a growth mindset, which she also coined. And it is that putting effort into some. It's, it's, um, it's the mindset that you can get smarter. You aren't born with your intelligence and that's that. You can get smarter and effort is how you get there. And those with a growth mindset get so far because it's constantly leveling up um, throughout your life. Um, it's, of course, those two contrast each other. And the people who mainly have a fixed mindset are people who are like ex ex-gifted kids or people who are in the quote-unquote gifted kid program and for me at least these programs lasted through like middle school and then like now in high school it's like you can take AP courses or honors courses but like the distinct difference is that you can at least in my school you can choose to be put into that program like you can choose that program yourself whereas for gifted or reach gate whatever you call it um, programs, you are put into them through an aptitude test or something, and you are specifically put into that group. And when you are chosen to be put into that group, it it also brings along the sense of exclusivity and being special and unique. And along with that is are people who give constant validation, either it be teachers or parents and authority figures, people like that, who constantly feed you with validation through doing well in academics or any other skill. But mainly when it came to the gifted program, it focused more on your core subjects like English and math. Not so much science, at least where I'm coming from, but mainly like English and math. Um, and so it also led to a it also leads to a cycle of just constantly wanting academic validation. Um, so for me personally, these are the effects of this program and being a part of it and 
what it's done for me. And first, it's kind of given me very high standards for myself. Like, I'm lucky that, like, my parents don't really push me into doing the best. I mean, not doing the best, but, like, they want me to do my best, but, like, they don't push me to do the best. Like, unlike lots of people that I know who are, like, their parents are all over them for grades, and they they push them and push them and push them, and they're constantly on their backs about it. Like, that's, I never, I don't really deal with that. It's mainly me pushing myself and my own internalized ideas of what I should be doing and what my standards are. Um, but of course, that reflects back what um, people might expect of me or what I think people expect of me. But it, it led to me holding a very high standard for myself. So my normal became synonymous with being perfect. And I'm also like I'm a really bad procrastinator and that's not a quality of every single person who is in the gifted program but personally like I just never put that I don't know like when I was younger I just never really put any effort into anything now I put effort obviously and I'm starting to evolve I'm starting to grow my study habits but when I was younger especially like probably like I love how I'm saying younger like it was like 20 years ago it's literally like what five years ago or something like three years ago but in like fifth grade sixth grade seventh grade like eighth grade still I like I didn't like put any effort into anything because I just believed that like oh like I'm not putting any effort into anything I'm already getting good grades so like why do I need to why why do I need to put even more effort but you can see how that clashes where my level of normalcy is being perfect and doing like the best and yet that's coupled with no effort no good study habits and procrastination so it's just it of course it it clashes and so that personally that's what i've struggled with and and for lots of people like it could lead to just like an inflated ego just like believing that you're better than everybody like i've encountered people who were put into these programs i'm not saying every single person i i've met is like this but like i've encountered like one or two people who just believe that they're just better than everyone because of being put into these programs from when you were like seven or eight years old and being better than people who aren't in the program and that you are and yeah, like I said, internalizing this, the, the, everybody's comments about you being the best and you being special and all of that. But it also led to me believing that being, that anything, anything else that wasn't perfect just was, I like it completely made me break down. Um, this also just led me to be completely, it led to me comparing myself a lot. And obviously as teenagers and stuff, we're already doing that. So that's not crazy, but I mean, especially being held to that standard and kind of people expecting me to get good grades and do all of that. Like when I would come home with good grades and things, it's not a shock. Like it's not like a, whoa, yay, let's celebrate. It's more so just kind of like, okay, cool you know, like, okay, (laughs) like, okay, like, and so that became it for me, and so 
compare. Oh, anyway, so comparing yourself, I I didn't see people as simply my classmates. I mean, I'm better at this now, but like especially when I was younger, I saw people as my competition. Like I was like com- I was competitive, not like externally, but internally. I was com- I was. I was mapping out the race in my mind <laughs> on, like, the first day of school, trying to, like, level myself up to every, like, and level myself up to every other person in my class. And it, if someone did well, that somehow meant that I was a failure. I Obviously, I wholeheartedly believe that one person's achievements don't equal your own setbacks it doesn't mean like one person doing well doesn't mean that you're doing any worse and you've you've probably heard that but it's really helped try it's really helped me try to put things into perspective because it's really like why like those person's achievements should not hinder me and should not bother me because I'm my own person they're their own person but for the longest time I believed that these people were people that I like these people who should be my friends and my peers and my classmates, they're I see them as people who I should be up against. And that's also rooted in like the competitive college system of America, but we'll talk about that. That's for a whole other time. I can dedicate a whole other episode to that. A whole other 30 minutes. But um yeah, I was hyper aware of what everyone else did and I constantly watched their steps just to tr- match up my own and make sure that I wasn't falling out of line um which was exhausting obviously like I just wouldn't ever let myself take a break like it was always just like what's the next thing that I can do um and that's also because of like the constant like the validation and thinking that like if I'm not getting validated, if someone's not complimenting me, if an authority figure isn't telling me that I'm doing something right or, yeah, doing something right, then that means that I'm just not, I'm not succeeding. Um, and so that led to me being very insecure in myself and believing that um, – if I wasn't good at something right away, then I shouldn't, I should just not do it. And a trait or yeah, a trait that lots of people who experience gifted kid burnout all talk about is not being able to pick up anything that you aren't inherently good at or innately good at naturally. And a thing with the quote unquote gifted kids is that yeah we grew up lots of us grew up just like being good at things just kind of naturally or at least being told that you know oh you're you're special because you don't even need to put any effort in but you're still doing well so it's just the small things like doing like playing a sport like um (laughs) i'm not good at sports but like playing a sport or doing like I don't know crocheting or something like cooking things like that or an instrument yeah doing things like that and you weren't good at it right away was just like 
whoa, 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 that's just, this just isn't for me then. Like, I'm, I just can't do it, you know? I'm, I'm just like, you know, I just can't, I just can't. Because it was just so embarrassing. Like, there's so many times, like, there's so many things that I've done where I was not good at it right away. And I was just so defeated. Like, I would, I would do things and I would see that other people can do it well and then I'm not. And I'm just like, what the heck? What the heck is wrong with me? Like, oh gosh. But especially when I was like, yeah, early middle school, it was a lot of that. It was, it was, yeah, if I'm doing something, or I just expected to go into activities and like hobbies and stuff and just think I'd be good at it right away. Like, like I would go into it and boom, I'd be like the best. I'd be like a prodigy. Like I just thought like, that was just in me to do well. And when I realized, and when I did it and I didn't do well, it was like, the heck? So then I would just quit right away. Like, that's it. Like, I'm just over it. Like, I'm only into it if I'm good at it. If I'm not winning any awards, if I'm not good enough to put it on a college transcript, then there's no point. And that's um, obviously prevented me from doing things that I might have actually had a lot of fun doing. And there are so many things that I do now that I'm not good at, but I still do it because it's fun. Um, and it's it's hard to be there, though. It's hard to get there. Um, and also another effect is just not accepting mistakes or criticism. And that ties into what I was saying earlier about when you realize that you aren't the best, it's just... It's completely, like, it's earth-shattering news to realize, or not to realize, to be told that you're not special. Especially if you've been told that since, like, six or seven years old. Then it's such a shock that there are people who are just at your level or much better than you. Um, And so it's, yeah, when people give me, like, when they would call out my mistakes or criticize my work and things like that, I would either question that. I, I would either be like, no, 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 no. What do you mean? No, 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 no. Or I would just like break down, break down. Like I would just like question my whole identity and be so over it. Like that's another thing is that academia – just kind of became a part of who I was and what people expected of me. And another part of that is um, my background, like me being an Asian person. And that's, you know, no one was ever completely straightforward and upfront about it. Like, oh, you're Asian, so you should be smart. But I feel like it was already kind of expected of me that I should reach that level and I should be good at these things when it came to academia. And so that added into it as well. That became my identity and that became what I defined my identity. Um, like, oh, okay, I'll be the studious, quiet type and I won't do anything that will be completely out there and I'll I'll stay within the lines and I'll do what I should be doing um 
And I thought that that was what I should do. So that kind of became who I was. And so when I when I was confronted with criticism and people telling me that I can do things differently or I, I was doing things wrong, that led to me completely just like losing a whole part of who I was. Because it was, it's, it, yeah, it's p- putting into question everything that I am. And that's why I wouldn't go out and try lots of new things and do things that are out of my comfort zone because I, d- I didn't want to be called out. I didn't want to be um, somehow, um, I didn't want people to realize that maybe I just wasn't as perfect and special that as I thought I was or people told me I was. Um, another thing that I've noticed personally as an effect is that I matured too quickly. <laughs> um, I don't know if this speaks for everyone, but like personally, I can see how it correlates to the whole gifted burnout, gifted kids like thing. Because I feel like as a quote unquote gifted student, I was you, you you're viewed as being more mature. Um as everyone else like your academic skills and abilities somehow leveled out with your social emotional skills and for me i um i altered my my hobbies and my interests to fit what i thought a more put together kid would like and so I mean, I still do like the things that I I said I did when I was, like, a fifth grader and stuff. <laughs> but it, it wasn't completely honest. Like, I would make myself, like, I would turn my head to all the things, all these yeah, things that these young kids are into. And I would instead pick up the things that my, like, like, I don't know, the things that, I don't know, some old person would be into and I picked those up instead because everything else was just too childish for me like I wouldn't well this dips into internalized misogyny which I can make another episode about but um I turned my head to makeup and dressing up and fashion and the color pink and all of that because it just seemed too shallow and childish and that was just not I mean I told myself I was just like "Mm, no no I'm into the mature stuff I'm gonna pick up this book and play some bossa nova and all that at age like 10 just because I assumed that that was the role that I was supposed to fit and being immature or fitting what a child should be was just below me and obviously I've moved past that but I don't another thing was just like I was always called like an old soul and stuff and I I guess like I'm like lots of my family still compares me to like being like a grandma which I don't deny but being an old soul I also do not like that term like old soul like I I don't really like that term because I feel like when you call like a 10 year old an old soul you kind of 
push them to fit the shoes of an old soul. And you're essentially just calling them, oh, you're like, you're like an adult, like you're wise and mature, but like, you're a child. Like, <laughs> they're a child. Like, like, I get it. Lots of people don't mean for that to be taken as, like, so seriously. But for me, I feel like I internalized that as well when people would say that about me. And I would feel a sense of pride in being called, like, oh, yeah, I'm mature. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm not a kid. Yeah, I'm totally not a kid like I'm supposed to be at, like, age 10. But I was instead different. Um, and so I feel like I just, yeah, I turned my head to everything else that I thought was girly or childish and all that. And instead I tried to embrace the things that I believed were more mature. And of course, if you were a kid and you were into this stuff, I'm not going against that. Cause like, if you're like, if you're into that, you're into that, you know, a hobby is a hobby and interest isn't an interest. But for me, that just wasn't it. But I still pushed myself into that. And so, I mean, when I read articles about like gifted kid burnout and stuff, I don't really come across that one. But that was just more what I felt. And just like an inability to like, just like let go and enjoy things for what they are. Because I had to fill the role of the adult. Like, if the teacher was going to go, I don't know, go to the printer or something, then I would have to step up and watch the class and take care of everything. But, like, I don't have to. Like, I'm a legit, I was, like, a legit kid, and I'm still a kid. Like, and so, just, like, mm mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) Now, there's much more about that. Like, there are so many other issues and effects that other people go through, um, and I'm probably going to think of one at, like, the end of this episode, and I'm going to randomly bring it up, because that's, you know, if you have a conversation with me, that's usually how it is. It's all jumpy and scattered, and then I eventually remember something, but this is me on caffeine, so it's like, you know, well, what, well, we've reached the, the, oh, we've reached this part of the episode where it's, you know, what can we do? What can we do about this, and what are some solutions? Um, well, let me just start this off with, there really aren't any. <laughs> like, um, I feel like I don't want to give a list of solutions because I don't. it won't guarantee success for everybody. But these are just some things that I've done because this is a very multi-layered concept, that still affect people well into their 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on. And there is no foolproof solution to aiding everyone's problems. But all I can do is just kind of share what I've done, what I've gone through, and some things that I've picked up in order to gain more self-confidence, embrace mistakes and failure, and help myself feel more myself instead of um, conforming to what people believe I should be. So let me just start that off like that, because, like, when I read articles about this stuff, and they give solutions, I kind of, I mean, yeah, they, they help you, but, like, lots of the things that I've done to help myself are usually just catered and personally 
Like, they're catered to myself because they're things that work for me and my personality and what I'm comfortable with. Like, lots of these things are pushing it for lots of people. Um, emotionally, mentally, like, you might not even be able to just, like, put yourself out there like that. And so I don't want people to force themselves to do things just because I put it on a list. But, yeah, I just want to start off like that. Um, but one thing I've, like, a few things that I've done are, like, I've reminded myself that simply being is important. And (laughs) this sounds so cheesy, but, like, I've... Because, like, I've had this whole issue with, like, toxic productivity and all that. And I'll probably make a whole thing about that separately. But I've associated myself so closely with academics and grades and everything that I've lost sight of who, what else I have to offer. And so another thing is just kind of identifying your own qualities outside of academics and outside of school and college applications and all of that. And think about just like who you are, what you have to offer, the people around you and all of that. And just trying to be in that moment and be present. Um... Because especially being someone who's, like, constantly doing things, like, putting on, like, layering on the classes, piling on the commitments, it's so easy to just lose, lose, um, lose focus of, like, what you're doing. Um, and so, I don't know, it's, it's really difficult to actually achieve this, and I still haven't, but just simply reminding myself that. Me being alive and healthy and moving around and laughing and enjoying things, I should be grateful for that. And I don't have to achieve any score or get into a specific college in order to achieve that happiness. And and just understand that, like, where am I going with this? No, and just, I don't know. And this specifically pertains to, like, the high standards thing. And just but and just understand that getting a good grade and being quote-unquote perfect won't necessarily lead to long-term success. And so, for me, I would constantly make myself anxious and stress myself out about getting a good grade or getting a grade that I think that would fix all my issues and like last winter yeah winter break like the week before that like the last week I had like a math grade and I was like putting everything on that like I wasted I not wasted but like I used like all my hours or lots of hours into just like worrying about it not even like acting on it but like worrying about it and and I just thought, you know, you know, all these days that I'm using, all these hours that I'm using to worry about this and study or whatever will be worth it because once I get that A, nothing else matters. Once I get that A, I can relax. Once I get that A, I can finally be happy. And then on the other side of it, um... Things eventually worked out, but, like, I didn't, I, I didn't feel any more, I didn't feel that much happier than when I, than before that. 
to be quite honest. Like, I'm obviously very happy that I did get to where I went, was. And, like, I <laughs> uh, don't want to hear that. It's, like, but, like, of course I'm on the receiving end of it. I'm on the very positive end of it, you know. Um, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, when people who are in, like, Ivy Leagues are, like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be in an Ivy League to be happy and stuff, but, like, they literally got in. So, like, who are they talking to? But anyway, um, yeah, and so anyway, what I was trying to say is that getting that only made me happy for, like, 10 minutes, and then I went on to stress about something else. So, like, please, please, please don't overwork yourself to get to get all these grades. I'm not saying that you should just totally throw away studying and throw away all these commitments and just not do anything, but make sure to prioritize time to kind of check in with what your own goals and what you want to do is because it is so easy to just conform and model what other people want you to be and do. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that I'm not having a career pushed on me. And I understand that lots of people aren't aren't as fortunate as I am. And so they kind of have to have to actually put themselves into that mold. Um, but kind of just realize what your own beliefs and ideas are because they can get so diluted by standards that you or others are perpetuating. And so it's so easy to lose sight of what you actually want and who you actually are. But what I'm trying to say is maybe just, yeah, list out your qualities. And that's really hard to do, especially if you're very self-deprecating. But really, it's not, it's not cocky to just sometimes once in a while just be like you know I like this and this about myself you know so maybe just start off with that and hopefully over time you can start internalizing that and taking that in um and that's kind of I mean that's helped me to an extent um another thing is Okay, so I'm reading off a list right now, and I'm looking at it right now, and I don't know if... <laughs> I'm kind of iffy about this one. But embarrass yourself on purpose. So what I've done... I don't know. Okay, like I said, not everyone is ready for stuff like this, but embarrass yourself on purpose. Like, embrace failing embrace making mistakes and embrace not doing well and it's so hard because it's so uncomfortable and it's so heart-wrenching to do something that you aren't good at automatically but maybe maybe cook dinner one night if you're not if you think that you're not that good at it cook dinner one night maybe sew a blank i don't know do you sew? yeah you sew blankets oh my god (laughs) sew blankets i don't know like learn learn a dance like play a song of the piano do something and embarrass yourself now i i pulled up like a list of how to embarrass yourself in public and one of the things on the list is like pretend to trip i don't know like fall 
make it like I don't, just laugh at yourself I think is what I mean like be able to find joy in just doing terribly and it's so hard to because you know instinctively it's like what good is there in being embarrassed no one wants to be embarrassed but just in a public area I'm not saying be excessive about it maybe but maybe just trip or something or drop something or just do little things that seem out there for you and embarrassing but just do it and i i assure you that like it helps you um it helps you take a better authority over your own mistakes and feel better over your own mistakes and actually embrace things like that now i'm not saying go up to people and like I don't know, do the most. I mean, do whatever you want, obviously. But what I recommend is just doing small things and um, push yourself a little bit. Now, I'm not saying to your breaking point. Now, I'm not saying that you should put yourself in a situation where it would deteriorate your mental health or anything like that. But when you're comfortable, when you're ready, just push yourself a little bit. So when you are criticized and called out later in life that it doesn't it doesn't hurt that much. Because it's really just realizing that um you know, we we break, we make mistakes, we trip, we fall. So it's just kind of making yourself more used to that. So um yeah, later in life when you experience things, because you inevitably will, it hopefully won't hurt as much. It won't impact you and affect you as much as it might now. Another thing, I kind of touched on this earlier, but do things that you simply enjoy. Now, I mean doing things that you might have earlier just deemed childish. I mean, oh yeah, this pertains to me, but... I mean, it pertains to anybody, but for me at least, like I said, like there were certain hobbies and activities that I just thought were too childish. I thought they were, you know, below me in a way. And if I wasn't good at it, then I just wouldn't do it. And this, these things included like playing instruments and drawing and even like dancing and stuff like that like I always found I always had no no uh, no yeah actually I had an interest in doing many of those things when I was really young and then once I got into like middle school late elementary school I ditched them because if they didn't have money in it if they no if they like if I couldn't gain prestige from it then like what's the point is what I would used to think you know if I can't flaunt it on a college application then what's the point is what I used to think and I'm gonna be completely honest like I still sometimes think that um but just picking those things up and doing it just because you want to and lots of like for me like I wouldn't let myself binge tv shows like or like binge k-dramas because I just like I was like, no, that's a waste of time. I can't let myself do that. Like, that's just, like, I'm supposed to be 
I don't know, like running a business. I should be like starting an organization and saving the world. Like all that stuff. Like I, and of course, do that. Do that. Those are amazing things to pursue. But I pressured myself into thinking that I should do that instead of just simply enjoying things. Like over winter break and this current break, I just like was like, oh no, like I can't just take a break. That's so below me. That means I've done nothing. I'm not productive. That also ties into toxic productivity. But just do things that you might have deemed quote unquote useless in the past. That's what I did. Like I've picked up things that I never would have thought that I would have done now. Things that I deemed that I just couldn't do. I simply wouldn't do it when I was younger. And now I do it just because it's fun. I enjoy it. And just because I'm not good at it doesn't mean that I shouldn't have the right to enjoy it. And so lots of these solutions kind of (laughs) are kind of off topic now that I think about it. But when it comes to gifted kid burnout lots of the solutions might rest professionally like you might just simply need to go to a therapist and seek professional help because lots of the time like this is me personally but like lots of the time it's easy to believe that you can just fix it yourself like you don't need a professional you can just fix it yourself and google it i don't know like WikiHow will do it but seeking help do not find don't find any shame in seeking help at all oh that's another thing um (laughs) that's another issue is that uh gifted kids or ex gifted kids find it so hard to ask for help and that was literally me like i just wouldn't ask for help because i thought that was me giving in that was me admitting to myself that i'm not doing well and i'm not smart enough to figure it out by myself but help is necessary help is essential socialize like tell people about it open up and i obviously i don't want to be like that's obviously up to your own comfort zone and your own comfortability and i understand it's very hard to just reach out and ask for help especially if, if you've been deemed as someone who's very autonomous and independent and too good for help but i urge you please ask for help if you find that you need it um and other people if you find the other if you find that your friends or family members you if you think that they might need help and they're not asking for it please reach out to them um so that kind of went off topic. Um, this is like the first episode of this podcast. And I'm probably going to post on it like every break. So like twice a year. But um, I hope you saw a little bit of your... No, actually, I hope you didn't see yourself in the effects. But if you do, hopefully you... um, Hopefully you see your... I don't know. Hopefully you find some of these solutions helpful or hopefully you identify with what I've experienced and don't feel like you're going through things alone because I can assure you that the things you're going through are things that other people have probably gone through. It's just kind of being open about it. So, um, I don't even know how long this is, but hopefully that was somewhat entertaining 
And thank you, people. Thank you, everybody. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go wind down now after that caffeine and I don't know, take a melatonin. So, good night. If it's late for you, please go to sleep. Um, because also, if you know me, I'm not one for five, four hour like nights. Like, just go to sleep, please. Please go to sleep. Do what you need to do. And I'll see you next time.